This is the New Life Rancho Vista podcast. We are a church committed to loving God, growing together, and serving others. Our prayer and desire is that this message from our campus pastor, Peter Moore, will be a help and an encouragement to you, regardless of where you are in your relationship with Jesus. So let's open our hearts and minds as we turn our attention to the incredible truths God has for us today. We are in our fourth week of Truth Be Told. We are studying today the lie of comparison. The lie of comparison. And uh, I want to go to Psalm 119. And uh, before we read anything, this is the fifth. We're going to go to the fifth section of Psalm 119. And we're going to notice that the fifth section coordinates with the fifth letter in the Hebrew alphabet, halal. And that Hebrew word halal is praise. Now, of course, we know there's pictographs for every letter of the Hebrew alphabet. And I think it's really interesting that the theme of this section is praise because the pictograph is, is, is someone with their, hands, their hand lifted to, to God in praise. And uh, we, we truly believe that when we see a, a comparison, uh, a, a life and a culture filled with comparison, we can rest in the fact that praise and, and looking toward the goodness of God overcomes any covetous view or desire for someone else. And all of our goals and desires can be seen through that lens of gratitude and praise. This is the blessed life. This is the life that's talked about in Psalm 119.2 where he says, Blessed are they that keep his commandments, that seek him with his whole heart. So when our alignment is, is focused on God rather than around us, what's not fair, what's not working out right, what, what other people are doing, uh, it, it, it tends to focus our attention in the right place. There are a few biblical examples of comparison. Peter compared himself to the apostle John in John 21 when, when he told Jesus, he asked Jesus, how's John going to die? Is it gory? Read that passage. It's interesting. Jesus says, what is that to thee? Don't worry about how he's going to die. Listen, you just worry about your race. In uh, 1 Samuel 18, Saul compared himself to David when, when he was jealous of all the, all the fame David was getting because he killed Goliath. Cain compared himself to Abel. He killed his brother because he was, he was mad about how everything was working out. And so let's just be real. We all have comparison. If people compare it in the Bible, we compare today as well. Here's some ways that we compare. We compare through covetousness. We say, if I had what they have, then I would be a little bit more happy. And this is the lie of being incomplete. I'm incomplete, so I need what they have to be complete. The lie of performance, it says, if someone else sees me in a, in a negative light, if someone else is is seeing my negative qualities. They won't love me. They won't like me. I won't get, get further in life. And this is the lie of being a fraud, uh, the lie of, of, of com- competition. I have to be better than the other person for, for me to succeed. And, and if, I'm, if I'm not better than other people, then, then I won't be successful. Uh, the lie of giving up. Well, I'll just stop measuring up and I'll give up because I'm tired of having to always compare myself to other people. So all of it's unwise. In fact, that's what 
the Apostle Paul said in 2 Corinthians 10. He says, comparing ourselves among ourselves, we're not wise. And so when we measure to other people, we're taking a good thing and making it a bad thing. What do I mean by that? Well, measurements are not bad. In fact, this is six feet. And we're, we're, we're told a lot about staying six feet apart in social distancing. Uh, th- there was this, this uh, tape on the ground uh, at a local business that I was at, and, and they wanted everyone to stand six feet apart, and my feet were over the line. And this lady came up, and, and, and she said, sir, you're not social distancing, and she pushed me behind the line. And I thought, you know, you broke the rule, you know, of social distancing just to prove a point, but oftentimes we measure in, in a wrong way. How? Well, measuring, God made us to measure, but God did not make us to measure ourselves against other people. You see, other people, that's not the measurement. God has a universal standard by which we can measure ourselves. Why is comparison so dangerous? Well, here's a key thought just in way of introduction. Comparison comparison is so dangerous. And, And those of you listening in your cars, get this. Comparison is dangerous because comparison is never satisfied with what it sees. You'll never be satisfied in comparing yourself to someone else or to something else. Uh, you're, never com- you're never satisfied. And comparison, uh, you know, often gets us to see the good things God has given us from a, from a negative light. We're happy with our backyard until we see our neighbor's backyard. We're happy with our, uh, with, with our personality until we see someone else's personality. We're happy with our things until we see someone else's things. And so there are three truths about comparison that I want I want you to see, we're going to see how comparison is never satisfied, but God's pathway brings contentment. Comparison never measures up, but God's principles bring fulfillment. Comparison never ends, but God's promises bring rest. Let's go through those. Number one, God's pathway brings contentment. It brings contentment. Look at verse 35. It says, make me to go in the path of thy commandments, for therein do I delight. Everyone say delight. Now, the word delight is used 33 times in Psalms and Proverbs. And it, it's, it's the word shafetz. It means to be pleased, but it means to be satisfied. That's the word content. Contentment is satisfaction. And we'll either, we'll either be confused and discontent, or we'll be content and focused, depending on how, what pathway we're following. So here's the pathway of discontentment. Comparison often mistakes influence for impact. He says in verse 24, thy testimonies are my delight and my counselors. You know, often we have self-counsel based on what we see around us. We allow what's happening around us to influence what's happening within us. But the impact that the Word of God has on us is greater and must must be a greater anchor than anything else that's happening around us. What's happening to our neighbors? What's happening to our friends? What's happening uh, in our culture? Letter B, comparison often mistakes prominence for significance. We've talked about this before. We often think that big things in life, big moments in life, are the really significant things. The prominent things are the significant things. But can I tell you something? The little decisions in our lives, the little moments we have of of comparing ourselves to other people, oftentimes make a bigger difference. So what am I saying here? He says in Psalm 162, I rejoice at thy word as one that findeth great spoil. Here's the problem with finding great spoil. People around you ask, God, why didn't I find great spoil? 
Why didn't you bless me the way you blessed them? Why, why didn't you give me that ability? Why didn't you give me that treasure? And so we, we have to stop comparing ourselves among ourselves. Let her see comparison often mistakes belongings for belonging. Our things are, are not what bring us worth. And he says that, he says, thy commandments are above gold, yea, fine gold. Letter D, comparison often mistakes feelings as facts. The way you're feeling is not, does not have to determine what you're believing. Now, at New Life, we do not feel our ways, we do not feel our way to our beliefs. We believe our way to our feelings. I meet people every single day, including myself, who are influenced by how they feel rather than influencing how they feel based on how they believe. And so there's, there's, a, there's a great example of this from a study that was done by the University of Michigan. And it says that you are 92% less happy after you get on Facebook than when you, got, when you got on it. Why? Because of something called FOMO, the fear of missing out. You see everyone else doing something, you're like, oh, I need to go do that. I need to do that. And it makes you unhappy. Why? You're discontent. You're not satisfied. And so when you compare your everyday to someone else's grand display, you often miss God's pathway for your life. You often miss what God wants for you to have. And so we cannot sort out what's happening inside us with what's happening around us. So number two, let's look at God's principles because that's what brings fulfillment. God's pathway brings contentment. God's principles bring fulfillment. Look at verse number 36. He says, incline mine heart unto thy testimonies and not to covetousness. Turn away mine eyes from beholding vanity and quicken thou me in the way. Now, contentment is satisfaction. Fulfillment is achievement. And when we achieve something, uh, we think we want others to notice. That's natural. When someone else achieves something that we feel like we should be achieving or have achieved by our age, sometimes that that leads to unfulfillment. And so the word covetousness in verse number 36, it's a word betza. It means uh, to to have a runaway desire to achieve or receive. And the, the, the psalmist talked a lot about this, but here's the lie of comparison. The lie of comparison says this, that if I only had just a little bit more, I would be a little bit more fulfilled. Reality is, nothing a little bit more will be fulfilled. One pastor put it this way. It's, the, it's living in the land of Ur. If I was just a little smarter, if I was just a little bit older, if I was, just a, if I was a little bit wiser, if, if I was a little bit richer, if I was just a little bit Ur, I would be fine. Also, the lie of Est. If I was the smartest, or if I was, if I was you know, you know the, the best at that area, and that's the lie. See, the problem with obsessing with what we're missing is we dismiss God's current blessing. God has given us so many things, and the fastest way to ruin something good is to compare it to something else. We, we cannot compare what we are missing with what God has given because what God has given is enough. You see the word vanity. Remember how he says, he says, remove my eyes, take my eyes away from beholding vanity. The word vanity is the Hebrew word shav. It means to have a false perspective based on faulty information. You have deception lying inside you because of some false information. And we, we often feed ourselves false information. 
And I want to remind you about something that God has given you, uh, some truths that we talked about last week and this week uh, about complete fulfillment. Don't tweak your identity because of an insecurity. If you see someone else, sometimes it can make you insecure. Uh, let me be real with you. Sometimes other pastors and, and, and the way they do things, man, it can make me insecure. And sometimes other people, moms, sometimes other moms can make you feel insecure. Dads, sometimes other dads can make you feel insecure. Other people in the workplace can, but, but they don't give you value. God gives you value. He's the one who can make you truly secure. Secondly, don't lose sight of all that God has given because you're seeing what God has given to someone else. You know, the lie that the devil will tell you is God gave someone more because he loves them more. That's not true. Now, God given someone more ability because he loves them more. That's not true. God gives you what you need to be you. God gives you what you need to do what he wants you to do. So number three, God's promises, they bring rest. You know, we live in a, in a culture of tired people. Like the song, the Christian song, I'm sick and tired of being sick and tired. You know, there's, there's, there's a lot of people out there who are tired. Maybe you're listening on the radio here in Palmdale. And I have several people who said, I can't come, but I want to listen on the radio. 90.5, listen, I'm glad you're listening, but, but I want everyone in, in the cars and everyone on the tent to remember this, that when you're tired, what, what you don't do is look around you. What you don't do is, is, is to seek an empty well that will never fill you up, that will never leave you rested. But what you do do is you look toward the promises of God. Why? Because what God tells you and what God promises you are, are sure. They will not change. You see, the, the winds of culture and the winds of time, they'll move. They'll shift things around. But God's word will never change. It'll never move. So look at verse 38. It says, establish thy word unto thy servant who is devoted to thy truth. I love that word, devoted. Devoted to thy fear. Now, what is the fear? That's the presence of God. And the presence of God is, is realized based on the promises of God. Now, the word establish, it's, it's established, as we would say, but it's the word, the Hebrew word qualm. It means to settle the terms of success and strength. The lie of comparison says, I have to be strong so people will think I'm strong. The lie of comparison says, I, I, I have to succeed based on everyone else's metrics. But God says, no, my promise is that if you'll trust in me, you will succeed regardless of their definition. You see, here's the key thought. True joy and satisfaction are not possible until our hearts are resting in God's promises and his plan. You see, the grace of God says that we can rest in God's promises. And the faith that we have in God's plan gives us the rest in our soul that we all long for. And so he says in, in verse 45, I will walk at liberty, for I seek thy precepts. I'm going to seek what you value. I'm going to love what you love. And so the takeaway from today is that comparison creates the burden of obligation, but grace creates a perspective of praise. He said, quicken me. That's not the lone group. Qu <laughs> quicken, meaning make me alive. With thy loving kindness, 
and keep me with thy testimonies. Now, if you don't remember anything I've said today, I want you to remember this. Often, wow, man, that thing smacked me on the top of the head. If you're listening online, we're, the, the tent keeps smacking me on the, on the head saying, I'm still here. I want you to remember this. Everyone has pain. Everyone has pain. I hate that. I hate that sin is in the world and everyone has pain. Because sin reigns in the world and death by sin, we all share that. Coronavirus is because sin is in the world. Broken relationships is because we're all broken. The fact that, that, that we're in this turmoil as a, as a culture is because of sin. Injustice is because of sin. And so death by sin. But Jesus came to bring peace and life and a life more abundant. So if you need to choose Jesus, the only way to do that is not through good works. It's by trusting Jesus as your Lord and Savior. If you've never done that today, I want you, I want you to consider doing that right when we end. But before we end, if you've trusted Jesus as your Savior, the terms for your success are settled. And the promises that he's given you, you can take to the bank. They're as sure as God himself. So I want to I give you an illustration that I think will, will help illustrate that. And I'm going to put it down here because uh, I, I want those in the cars to be able to see this. I have no idea what this thing is, but I think it's for therapy uh, or torture. I don't know which one. But it, it's, it's a little bit of a, almost like half of a bike. has some pedals on it. You know, the thing about pedaling is you're just fine pedaling at a certain pace until you look to the right. And you see someone pedaling faster than you. What does it do inside you? The sin inside you, the pride inside you says, I can go that fast. And the faster you pedal, the faster they pedal because they said, I can go faster than you. And what does it do? It just makes you tired. Because you're not pedaling because you need to go that fast. You're pedaling because they're going that fast. It's out of obligation. You know what it is? It's tiring. That's what that is. And culture says, you have to. You need to. And then, and then what do we do? We, we're exhausted. So what do we do? We, we scoot over closer to someone who's pedaling slower than we are. And we say, <laughs> I can pedal faster than that. And so what we're doing is we're literally being tossed to and fro based on the winds of what's happening around us. But I want to bring you back to the, to the Hebrew letter that coordinates with the word halal. It's the word for praise. And if you ever look up, feel free after this, or if you're at home listening on, on, on the radio, I want you to look up the Hebrew pictograph for that letter, H, the fifth letter. And you will notice that it is, it is, it is a little pick, a, a stick man with his hand in the air in worship and praise and his hand on a plow. And, and, and you see, if you're willing to look around you, you're not looking above you. But if you will have one hand on the pedal and one hand lifted in praise, you will no longer need to compare yourself to those around you. You will be free from the trap of comparison. You can go at the pace that God has placed you in. You can run your race in your lane. Friend, you do not have to run someone else's race. You do not have to run the race that culture says that you need to run. You do not have to run the race that your family says or that, or that your boss says. No, you can run your 
race. You can say, God's given me his plan. He's given me his promises. And I'm going to rest in that because everyone has pain. But if you'll start comparing your pain to someone else's, you will only end in discouragement. Everyone has pain. But friend, something else everyone has. Everyone has a reason to praise. So what you will choose is you will either have the pain of comparison or will you will have the release of praise. Friend, the moment you start praising, the moment you start looking to him, the author and finisher of your faith, you no longer are bound to a race you were never built to run. So let's start running our race with joy. And let's start being content in the plan that God has and the promises he's given. Thanks again for listening. If you would like to learn more about our church or how to get connected, check us out online at findnewlife.church or find us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook under the handle Find New Life. Have an amazing day.